Today on the Mountain Going Gang Podcast, we discuss the Eagle Rock Loop Trail in Arkansas and tips to take your dog on the trail. This is the Mountain Goat Gang. This is the Mountain Goat Gang. Good afternoon and welcome to the Mountain Goat Gang Podcast. I'm here with my good friends Jack and Sean. Hey, how's it going? How's it going, everybody? Sean from the Wall here. We are so excited to be here in episode two, and we're going to kick off the podcast talking about our trip in the Ouachita, no, Wachita National National Forest Forest in Arkansas. Uh, We had a great time there. Heck of a trip. Heck of a trip. Uh, if you if you listen to this podcast, go to the Mountain Goat Gang website and check out Jack Wolf's trip report. He did an excellent job. If you're ever thinking about following on these trails, um, he, he did a real great job in, in the description, and I think it's really accurate portrayal of what we experienced. So, Jack, why don't you kick us off and give us the baseline of the trip? I'd also just like to pull out. It's, it also is just a great read if you just want to go and read it. Um, so, you know, if you're not interested in going to Arkansas, it's a great read, folks. All right. Well, thanks for the praise, guys. Um... Also, to start, I was informed the last podcast I, I had, I cleared my nose a little too often. <laughs> but I don't want anyone to worry. I took some allergy pills today, so hopefully it, it goes a little better. That's but <laughs> the story with the Eagle Rock Loop is I was just kind of itching in fall of 2017. Sorry, 2018. Fall of 2018 to go on a hike. I, uh, I hadn't been... I had missed... Um, Going on a hike, huh? The the, the one before that was um, was it Colorado? It was yeah. Colorado, yeah. yeah. Pikes so, Peak, right? Yeah, it had been it had been a few months, um, and I don't know. I guess I was just getting antsy. It wasn't the greatest time in the world to go. We were originally going to go over Thanksgiving, but uh, most people wanted to go home and spend Thanksgiving with their family. So I decided Halloween was going to be when we were going to go, and we were just going to go and do a do a trip that was really close to where we were, and. Uh, I don't know if any of you listening have any experience with the Texas National Forests. They are okay. Yeah, so th- there's four of them. There's the Sam Houston, the Davy Crockett, Angelina, and the Sabine. And all four of them are in East Texas in really thick pine forest, which is nice, but gets old. There isn't a lot of topography change. All the rivers are just kind of muddy little bayous. And uh, so I was looking for something a little more grand. And then I found, just through searching online, I saw it six hours away, there's this national forest along the Arkansas-Oklahoma border called the Washita National Forest, and I saw this hike called the Eagle Rock Loop, which uh, I read some magazines articles about it, and they gave it really good reviews. Everyone online said they really liked it. I looked at some maps, they, they looked really nice. So then I went online, and I, uh, I bought some maps, and uh, I bought some maps actually from a guy who lives in Colorado, but who has hiked a lot of national forests around the country, and he has just made topo maps in his spare time. And actually, specifically in the Glenwood Ranger District in the Washita National Forest that contains the Eagle Rock Loop, they provide his maps. So they buy his maps from him and provide his maps to the hikers when they sell them in the rangers. So it's a really useful tool, and I have a link to his to his website put it in the article at the bottom of the... if you guys want to check that out. Um, but uh, it was... It also, the trip coincided with my dog's one-year birthday, so... Also, my 21st birthday. Also, Mason's <laughs> yeah, 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 my 21st um, birthday, I went on a hike, it was awesome. And, uh, I, I shot it in the group chat, a lot of the boys said they wanted to go, and in the end, it was, uh, I went, 
Mason and Sean both went. My girlfriend Mackenzie went, and our friend. E- yeah. And uh, it was a good group. Yeah. It, was a, it was a good group. It was a really strong group, I think. Yeah. Don't forget about Bailey and Lily. They yeah, Bailey and Lily, the two bu- <laughs> the two puppers. Yeah, and then my dog Bailey and then Mason's dog Lily. They all came, and we. Uh, what day did we leave? We left Thursday night. Yep, Thursday night, and then we got back Sunday, right? Late got back Sunday. Late yeah. Sunday, yeah. So we we've gotten really good at this point doing overnight drives to get to our trips because. Yeah. You've got if you got multiple people in the car, just take shifts and you'll be fine. Yeah, it really opens up your trips a lot whenever you're able to uh, just just really tough out the driving. I mean, don't ever put yourself in a dangerous situation as far as sleeping and driving. But if you've got multiple people and people can sleep on the ride, you can use the nighttime to get there, and it really expands your opportunity if you're on a tight schedule like us with oh, jobs yeah. and oh, school. Yeah. Um, just being able to get there in the morning, it's pretty pretty nice. Our struggles yeah. with the trip started early. Uh, before we even started, in fact, I I had driven uh, a decent amount of the way up, and then I gave off driving. I think to to me to you. Yes, yeah, it was me. I drive the rest of it. And then I, Sean was Sean was navigating, and I I was tired at the end of my drive, and I just gave him some really unclear instructions on where to type where to type in the address on his phone. He shows me the address, the, the little pin that dropped up on Google Maps. I saw that it was in the green of the National Forest, and I said, yeah, that's probably right. Uh, turns out it wasn't right, and also, pretty much as soon as we got in the National Forest, um, we lost all cell phones. We lost all cell phones. Yeah, yeah. There. And so, so we, we pulled in. We had a GPS this time. We had a GPS <laughs> this time, so we were okay. <clears throat> and where we eventually ended up pulling in was actually a public turkey hunting unit, and it was just a really small parking area next to a couple streams. Um, we got there really late, late like 4 a.m. It was pitch black, too, so and that then, made uh, it really hard. <laughs> and then it was my 21st birthday, so we all shared a bottle of wine, and that was how we uh, started that trip off, so that was fun. I had been claiming the last two hours of the drive, there was no way I was going to drink any wine. I was going to get there, and I was going to go right to sleep. Then I stayed up till 4 a.m. drinking wine. Before, <laughs> the night before we were supposed to start the hike. So... We still got a pretty early start the next morning, though. We only started at 8 o'clock or so. Yeah, yeah. right around then, so we were it wasn't pretty, bad. We were yeah, good. but we also had a very short day, too. I mean, yeah. we didn't hike, but six, seven hours, maybe. Yeah. We didn't cover much ground the first day, because we were all kind of pooped from getting mm-hmm. yeah, and staying up at 4 a.m. So but That first day, um, we crossed four rivers that I remember, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was four, and, and, then, um, and then, yeah, so... Obstacle wise, we didn't face much in the in the way of terrain obstacles. I don't think. I mean, we 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 covered one ridge. We oh yeah, the, ridge. we had the one ridge on the. Do we have a ridge on the? Well, first yeah. Time? I what it was, um, the we started off in this public turkey hunting unit, and we we marched in. We had to cross two rivers on this little jeep trail going in that I was highly suspicious of because there weren't any signs. It didn't look like the trail was very worn in, but. You know, I'd, not too long ago, I had messed up on the Gila. I really didn't want to say I messed up here, so I decided we're going to keep going forward. We're going to see where it <laughs> takes us. And eventually, after about a mile and a half on this, we hit we hit the trail. Um, and it was definitely the trail that were the typical 
National Forest brown trail lots marking of, signs. Lots of blazes. Lots of blazes. Yeah, that's and, another thing. Yeah. And we saw other hikers. Yeah. And so that was the main thing. We and went. Well, yeah, because we ran into hikers almost immediately, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. As soon as we and got on the trail, they were there. If you're just now getting into hiking, again, we always say this. If you're, if you're listening to the podcast, you're thinking maybe you want to get into it. Blazes are another pretty crucial tool to hiking. Is is on a national in national forests and national parks trails. Every twenty yards, maybe max. Right? It, it depends on each trail. Yeah. But it's most of the time, there's blazes within eyeshot of each other. So where you can see one blaze, and then you, you, it's a colored marker on a tree, and the colors indicate the trails for the most part. And you can follow that, and that's a good indicator of staying on the trail. So just Well, like, yeah, because even in like some, you know, in Sam Houston, sometimes the blazes will be tilted in a certain direction where, you know, if it's too tilted, you know, to the right, it's going to be a pretty sharp right turn. Or if mm. it's just like one tilted to the right, yeah, it's going to yeah. be like a slightly right turn. That's yeah. cool. I mean, that's that's how they are in Sam Houston National Forest. That's not everywhere, so don't don't quote me on that <laughs> yeah, one and yeah. you know go to try to do Cairns and blazes, but, but yeah. blazes are a very crucial part of hiking. So yeah. yeah. Anyways, continuing on with the trip. Um, we, yeah, we had we got on the trail, and there are six ridges that we have, we have to cross up and over. They're kind of grouped into groups of twos, where there'll be a really a really hard ridge followed by a really easy ridge, and then. A really hard ridge followed by an easy ridge and that there's three groups of those and when we got on the trail we had to do the final group uh or the final two so one really hard one and then one really easy one afterwards um and the, the really hard one we had to go up over about a 600 foot ridge the easy one was 100 less so it was kind of it, almost difficult to notice but right off the bat i was pretty happy that we didn't start at the original start, the trailhead that we were supposed to start, the Athens Big Fork South Trailhead, where we would have to go up and down all six ridges in a day. Because <laughs> falling asleep at 4 a.m. and then hitting all six of those ridges, I don't know. What do you guys think? Uh, I mean, How maybe maybe been? without the bottle of wine, it would have been I doable, would, but yeah. with with the bottle of wine, man, that was... That would have been I'll tough. just come on and say I wouldn't, I wouldn't have made it. Yeah. <laughs> Sean was claiming throughout this trip that he was going to have a heart attack. No, not so throughout no. the trip. Okay, okay. Was, yeah. It was on the third ridge on the last day where I was just... <laughs> yeah, and he started saying, oh, I'm going to have a heart attack. Yeah, but one thing with this trail, too, and if you go read the, the trip report, I talk about it in detail, but it's for two-thirds of it, you're kind of meandering along the Little Missouri River or the Viles Branch River, um, and there's crossing, there's river crossings that can be deep, but really there's really not a lot of elevation change. And then there's a, the mile, or the, not the mile, the section uh, where you have to cross up and down over six ridges, and they, they yeah, were pretty intense. The trail has no switchbacks. It's it was just, only, it was yeah. what, over four miles, though? They were, like, really close together. Yeah, I mean, it, it was, it was, it was right spread there. Out. Although, on the, on the flip side of that, the ridges offered some beautiful views of the, of the wilderness. Really good really, And we went at a really good time. There was, it was really colorful, from yeah. what I remember. Yep. Um, yeah, it was beautiful. Beautiful. There were some crazy trees there, too, that I oh, had yeah. no idea what they were. Yeah. There were some leaves twice as big as my head that I just never see more. I still don't know what they are. I should have taken one and talked to my professor. Well, but the, but the river crossings were nice, too, because the rivers were also flowing cold. Like, oh, yeah. they were so refreshing yeah, actually, on your, like, ankles and feet when you were going through. It was it was nice. Yeah, in Jack's <laughs> trip report, you'll see a uh, picture in there of, of the five of us. It was, it was everybody but Mackenzie. 
Just the had, four of us. Yeah, the four of us. That's yeah. right. And uh, we had we had shipped out and hopped into the Little Missouri River for a little while. Uh-huh. Is that what it was? was it wasn't the Little Missouri. Maybe a fork or something. It was a but it was a, too. Yeah, it was an awesome little swimming hole. It was probably at the deepest part, six feet. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and it was really nice because it was, it was pretty hot. It was pretty hot for me. Well, it was going to be a deep river. It was going to be a deep river crossing. Yeah, anyway. so we, there was we knew no we were going to have to. There was no way getting around without getting wet because, mm-hmm. I mean, so, I think everybody, even like Mackenzie who didn't swim, she still got, I think, at least up to her thighs soaked. Yeah. Yeah. So but it was, was it was a lot of fun to hop in there. I would encourage that if you come across a good swimming hole, you know, don't be embarrassed. You can just yeah, it was strip a, down. Make sure you don't put yourself in a bad place by getting your clothes wet because you don't want to be hiking in wet clothes. But if you have a change of clothes and you know you just want to swap some underwear out and hop in the river, it's it's a good time. I'd highly it's recommend a, it's it. It's a good <laughs> nice break. Try to just you know give your body some time to relax and a nice cold water on your sore muscles was was really, really great, real fresh. So after those first two ridges, then for the next day and a half, we followed the Little Missouri and then the Viles Branch, and we had to cross back you know, well, over, it just, over it and back it a few times. Wasn't it just that one day? That one day, the, the first day we went over those two ridges, we camped, and then the second day we didn't go really over anything, yeah, any really any hard obstacles. It was we went a flat day. Recreation area on the second day, was that right? Because the third it, day, yeah. right before the third day, the third day I think we hiked about a half a mile, and then we hit the first ridge, and then it was just nothing but ridges till we finished. Well, you guys aren't remembering the the river crossing day two, then the two that were like forty yards across. Well, I remember because Mason those, fell yeah, over I in that. I, I wanted I wanted to hear what I was talking about. I wanted to ask you guys then, like once we got over those first two ridges. And then we were walking along the riverbanks. What did you guys think of the crossings and the difficulty and uh, the experience they, there? Um, they weren't difficult crossings, especially with trekking no, poles. No, there right? was some pretty difficult crossings yeah. there. There were songs where you had to hop from big rock to big rock. Yeah. And I took, I mean, I took a spill on one. Yeah, they're definitely something you have to be prepared for. Uh, footwear, especially. Good. Bring a pair of good river crossing shoes. Yeah. Bring your hiking boots and then bring a pair that you can swap into that can get wet. We, I wore But also of, something with good grip because that was me. Because yeah. I was only wearing my pretty worn out hiking boots and I yeah. hopping from rock to rock without something that really grabbed made it pretty difficult. Yeah, I wore, we, for Sean and I, we wore a pair of Tevas, uh, the ones with hiking bottoms on them for our river crossings. And uh, those were those were really good. I really appreciated having those and they were easy to strap on the pack and tab. Yeah, that is true. Good camp shoes too. Water crossing and camp shoes. Double your don't bring two different pairs of shoes. But Jack makes a good point because the second day was really is just nothing but river crossings and yeah. some of them were pretty wide, some of them are pretty deep. Yeah. Some of them were just, you know, you could just walk across no problem, yeah. but yeah, yeah, I remember that one in where Mason fell over it was probably 100 yards wide that we had to cross. That was, yeah. It was a wide one. And there is so right at right at the end before we at the end of when we were following the Little Missouri, before we went into the Viles Branch, there are two river crossings within a mile of each other. And the first one was about 40 yards across, and it was at that ford where there's a little island in the middle, and you had that picture of Lily crossing yeah. that one. And then after that, there was a crossing, but there was no trail on the other side. And so we were a little confused. And we actually, luckily, we saw people coming up from the other way. And oh, so that's yeah. how, but this, at this particular crossing, to get to the other side, you had to walk about a hundred yards downstream. Yeah, it was really far. Wait, wait, 
which one? Because I remember we were talking about we got we kind of got lost and confused. Yeah. Because we walked and we crossed and there was somewhat of a trail. Yeah. But you had to like kind of duck under some branches and stuff to like continue finding it. Is that what yeah. you're talking about? Because then yes. once we walked down to that, then that's when we had that huge river crossing where Mason took his yeah. spill. Yeah. That's okay, that's the that's place. Right. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty. As far as camping spots goes, plentiful. Oh, yes, awesome. beautiful, beautiful little hideaways. You get maybe my, twenty yards off trail, you can find some awesome. I mean, spots. my favorite was the second night camp spot yeah. right next to that river. Yeah, the, the little camping next to the Little Missouri was amazing. Was some, amazing. some of the great, the great, great things about it too is with all the rivers. Uh, first of all, you have a lot of water. We were never strapped to oh, water. Oh, no. Yeah. Like, no. Uh-huh. Even in between the ridges, there's seasonal streams that were flowing if we really needed to fill it up. Um, but also, uh, with all the river, everything was wet, so we didn't have to worry about not building a campfire because we might start a forest fire. But the, the downside of that was the wood was kind of wet, so sometimes it was yeah. hard to go. We have to blow on it a lot. Um, then after that second night, we had camped a mile or maybe even less from the start of the final four ridges before... We got back to the car, and uh, that was, I'd say, the most strenuous part of the hike. What do you guys think? Oh, say? yeah, the ridges. That was where Sean was saying he was going to have a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> I had to give him my hiking pole so he could. <laughs> Just to put it in perspective for everybody so I don't sound fat and out of shape, but this was the longest hike I'd ever been on. Yeah, this was Sean's inaugural backpacking trip. Like that's, I, I mean, this was, that was really the most tested I've been on a hike, really. <laughs> I mean, Guadalupe Peak was a really hard test, right. but it was only a day and a half, really, of hiking. Yeah. It wasn't long at all. Yeah. If someone were to want to go on the Eagle Rock Loop, and uh, maybe they weren't sure of their ability, what would you guys say the limiting factors people going on this hike would be? Um, I'd really just say just, endurance. Yeah, endurance, endurance over endurance over elevation gain. Uh, you have to be really, I mean, not as much as a mountain, but it, it's a lengthy hike with large portions that are just elevation gains. Yeah. So you spend a lot of your time hiking, but then you get to the ridge. And you also you have, have to be good on weight management. I mean, you can't pack everything in your kitchen. Yeah. You, you have to really it's pick, nice though, pick um, and because choose. Because for the most part, I mean, you could get away with, I mean, get away with, I wouldn't recommend it, but you could probably get away with two liters of water. Yeah, you don't have to filter. carry a lot oh, of yeah. water. With Easy. all those river crossings, especially since they're all running, they're all pretty, you know, yeah. fresh. So if you needed to, you could, you could cut weight there. But what about the river crossings well how difficult were they um i would say you'd have to have a yeah. good sense of balance river yeah crossings. and and just i'm gonna tout on this a lot trekking poles especially for the river crossings being able to stick something in the water and balance yourself out so that you know you're not gonna fall really really big advantage there and i would highly recommend if, if you're not too sure on your feet just get a pair of trekking poles put the most backpacks have a spot you can just stick them on there strap them to it collapse them and, and they'll stay out of your way but if you need them for a river crossing or whatever you can pull them out, and they're right there, ready to go. I mean, they're not essential, but they yeah, they do help. Really nice. I mean, the river crossings. I would have to say, you know, X and A, the ridges is the second hardest part of yeah. that hike. That's that's about it. I mean, it's really not any other difficult terrains because all the trails are pretty well maintained. It's not like walking on shale or anything. Yeah. It's yeah. just pretty flat dirt. That really. And we we were blessed too with good weather. Oh yeah, the weather. If was it was raining, rain, those river, river crossings, crossings would have been bad. Yeah. At least the river would have been much faster, much higher. Because I had read some stuff online, um, and actually I remember checking the uh, the rain data, um, and about a week before we came, the rivers were running at about 
six plus feet tall. Yeah. We actually had a buddy who didn't go because he thought that the river crossings were going to be yeah. too deep and too difficult to cross. But that is also something y'all should really check on before doing Yeah, this. check your weather, weather reports. Weather, weather reports. Because if big. you get stuck out there in a pretty Even, heavy rainstorm, it would you'd be there for a while. Yeah, yeah. And I don't necessarily do this, but it's probably a good idea to before you, the day before you leave, print off the weather report for what the next couple of days are supposed to be, so you can reference it later on. Uh, and you can just pull out a piece of paper that says, okay, it's supposed to be this today, and you can prepare accordingly. Uh, maybe if you have a couple of river crossings and it's supposed to pour, but um, I, I don't know. It's just a good idea. And then on weather, um, you uh, just just to bring up, on this hike in particular, uh, in 2010, people were killed. Uh, quite a few. Let me see. My phone here. Uh, 16 campers were killed in 2010 for camping too close to a river during a really bad flood. So that's something to keep in mind too. If you're going there and it's going to be rainy, flash floods are nothing to mess with. They run up on you quick. Do not camp next to the river. You have to camp up and away from the river. Also, for the principles of leave no trace, because you don't want all your waste and scent going down into the river, because that yeah. could dissuade other animals. And also, yeah, it could it could dissuade other animals and just your presence there will yeah. dissuade animals from going into there. Okay. Well, that was an excellent report on the Eagle Rock Loop. Uh, we will be right back. Remember, this land is your land, this land is my land. Let's keep it that way. This is the Mountain Goat Gang. This is the Mountain Goat Gang. All right, welcome back to episode two. Uh, our article today is titled The Manual to Taking Your Dog Hiking. Uh, and it gives a lot of incentives and, and advice into taking your dog hiking. But first, we're going to talk about our experience. Um, I have a dog. Uh, we're not really sure what breed she is. I'm going to say part pit, part lab. But she's a great hiking buddy. I, I love hiking with her. She's been on a lot of the trips with me. She keeps you warm at night. She's great. Uh, Jack has a pit named Billy. Uh, Bailey Eye, uh, go with it. It's the name of a, the Mexican wolf, right? Yes. Yeah, Bailey Eye. Um, and Sean is very excited today. Today was his first day with his new best friend Emma. So uh, Sean, why don't you tell us how excited you are? Today? Well, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna start off by telling the whole story. Well, two weeks ago, I saw this dog on Facebook, and I put in the messenger saying I was interested. Well, I didn't end up getting her then because somebody else had kind of beat me to the punch. But she's a beautiful dog. She's, I'm pretty sure, I can't say purebred, but she's a lot of a retriever. Um, she's a gorgeous dog, long hair, black. But anyway, I didn't have getting her, and I was pretty bummed about it. Well, then this Friday, um, just yesterday, um, the person I was talking to about adopting her saying she came back up, and so it just was kind of fate that she kind of fell back into my hands. And, uh, yeah, I just, I just got her today on Sunday, and it's... Uh, She's just awesome. She's an awesome dog. I'm super excited. All the stuff we're going to do. I'm going to, you know, train her to be my hiking buddy um, so we can do some hikes with uh, Mason and Jack with their two dogs. And, yeah, it, it's really exciting. It's my my first dog, first adoption, and yeah. I'm still just kind of getting used to so. everything. So I'm hoping to get some expertise from Jack and Mason on, you know, how to train your dog and getting ready for a hike and everything. But yeah. So Sean's real excited about that. Um, so... Let's get into, you know, the pros that I've seen with, uh, with taking a dog on a hike, all right? So for me, my biggest thing is, is one, warmth. Uh, I've been on some cold hikes with Lily, and having, I like, I, I did an article about hammock camping. I like to hammock camp, 
And uh, having a dog in that hammock with you, it, it's like a little heater. Uh, if you're if you're cold, you get a good underquilt, and you have a dog in there, you're not gonna worry about it. You're gonna be all right. You get a good blanket and, and wrap them up, and it's it's gonna be great. It's gonna be great, especially on cold hikes. A dog in a hammock is is awesome, awesome. Uh, and then <laughs> Lily actually has uh, when early my earlier days of hiking, um, took Lily on a hike, and, and she I, I wrote an awesome article about Lily wanting to be in front, and you should definitely go read that from the MGG Outdoors website. Uh, but she likes to be in the front, and I I've used that before, and I've used her harness and a, and a leash, and I've uh, she's actually pulled me up the face of a mountain, and I could not have done that without her. I was not in, in great shape, and she really just pulled me hand and foot to the top and we bonded over that and she's been a great companion ever since and those are, that's, those are the two biggest pros at least in my experience with dogs um, me? yeah you okay. <laughs> sorry I wasn't sure if you wanted me to go yeah um, I don't know my love for hiking with my dogs started when I was young I used to do it with my own dogs uh, as a kid and I also read a lot of Jack London novels as a kid I really liked Call of the Wild White Fang to build a fire. And I know they're fictitious accounts of some guy in California in the early 1900s writing about dogs, but I don't know. I Every time I've gone outside on a hiking trip with the dog, I just like observing it, seeing what it does, knowing that it experiences the world in a different way than me. It smells things instead of looks at things, and it can scare off predators, and it can hear and sense things that I can't even begin to fathom and I just really like it and uh, a well trained dog is a really amazing companion on the hike it'll keep me from getting bored and just keep me entertained the yeah, whole time lots of fun lots, lots of, fun. of fun tons of fun um, alright so let's go ahead and dive into this article uh, some tips we're just going to go it's got a lot, of, a lot of headlines in it we're just going to go headline at a time and kind of discuss our thoughts on, uh, on what it has to say. So the first headline is, what do you need to know, bring, do, and avoid when camping or hiking with your dog? And it goes on to say, uh, you need to make sure your dog is capable of making the trip. And a couple other things, but uh, you, get, you guys can read the article. We're just going to give our thoughts on it. Please read it. Uh, you know, We try to be a little educational here, and it's a good idea for you guys to read the text for yourself and uh, reflect on your thoughts. So Jack, what do you need to know, bring, do, and avoid when camping or hiking with your dog? Well... You need to know your dog. You need to know your dog's limits. You need to bring food for your dog. Do, you need to be proactive with your training. You have to have a well-trained dog. And, oh my goodness. <laughs> um, and avoid. I mean, I really think you hit most of the points in that first article there. Yeah. Um, yeah, it really does just go about making sure you know your dog, if it's a dog that can go on the trail. If your dog's, you know, your dog has to be trained, it's got to be obedient, because if your dog just goes running off and you can't get it to go back, it could be real dangerous for you to go off trail to find it. Oh, um, yeah. But, uh, That's how you get lost, like yeah. in the first, the first podcast we did. Yeah. yeah. Go you off can. trail, looking for your dog, going in circles. Oh, I found it. Good. Where am I? <laughs> I don't know. You don't know. Um, but I think the only thing you really did learn is if you are going to have, you know, your dog's going to have a pack, you got to learn how to load the pack properly. Yeah, I, I had an issue with this with Lily uh, on a couple of trips. Uh, I had her having a pack for the first time, and I had, you know, it's an adjustment for you just as much as it is for them. Um, loading the pack is really important, and, it, and my philosophy is food and water is what my dog should be carrying. Um, and it's really important to, instead of just trying to, at least it works well for me too, 
Um, instead of trying to, to like put food on one side and water on one side, you just divide up the resources equally. Put half your food in one side, half your food in the other, half your food in a bottle on one side, half your food or, or water in a bottle on the other side. That way, it's, it, you know it's balanced and it's gonna it's gonna be comfortable on their back because it's it's kind of unsettling to see a dog you know walking down the trail with one pack hanging low to the left side because that left leg is gonna get tired faster and it's gonna just cause some problems. So it's really important to have a, a balanced pack. I think um, I agree with you there, Sean. Let's go to the next so, one. Yeah, let's move on to the next one. Can I take my dog for a hike? Uh, yes, you can. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely, I would highly encourage it's, it. It's asking mainly, is is your dog ready? Yeah. And I think it also, but, but, but it also does give say that certain breeds, like uh, brachiocephalic breeds, aren't aren't real. Yeah. Don't real. don't bring your pugs on a hike. Yeah. yeah. Really do some research. Make, make sure that home. your uh, your dog is capable of doing the size. Another thing that I like to point out in it is it talks about um, strength and standing up, but the immune systems. Make sure your dog has the shots that it needs to not contract into disease on a hike because uh, you know if a dog drinks from a stream or a river or something and it doesn't have the proper disease, they become very susceptible to getting diarrhea or throwing up and then you don't really have the resources out on there in the trail to deal with that problem. Uh, you'll probably end up carrying them and carrying a dog with diarrhea, I, I can imagine, is probably no fun. Yeah. Um, that'd be a rough time, yeah, I think. Yeah. I mean, and, and then, with that point, that means don't take your three-month-old puppy out on a hike or your 18-year-old lab. Yeah. Um, not saying that you can't, you know, take, you know, those... I mean, more younger dogs, really, you shouldn't take on hikes yeah. until at least five months when they get and, all their shots. And don't expect to uh, take your family dog that's been, you know, around for 11 years that just sits around and that's what it's done its whole life is sits around and eats food. I mean, that dog is not going to make it further than five or six miles. It's yeah. just not But I mean, but possible. that goes back to the first part of making sure your dog's properly yeah. trained. So just make sure, make sure your dog's healthy and, and it's not going to be a breed that's going to give out halfway through. And if you have faith in, in the dependability of your dog, I think that... You could pretty safely say that. You're and if you have any questions about if your dog has its shots or, you know, if, you know, it'd be healthy enough to go, just always consult with your veterinarian to make sure that your dog's good and ready to go because, you know, they're the experts on animals and they should really give you a good, you know, picture if your dog's going to make it or not. Yeah. So, um... The next headline, where can I take my dog hiking or camping? Um, so this is, I think it's important to note, uh, a lot of national parks, national parks just generally are going to be stricter on rules regarding dogs and a couple of other things uh, rather than uh, national forests. National forests are more more lenient, they're more, you can have dogs off leash uh, in a lot of them. Um, and and then just generally, if you're going to take your dog in a national park, be aware of the rules, uh, especially with regards to leashing. Yeah, you almost there's almost no national parks that allow dogs. So shorthand, national parks, no. National forests, yes. National grasslands, yes. BLM land, yes. State parks, it varies with states yeah. and with parks. Wilderness areas. Yeah. Wilderness areas are part of national forests, and yes, yeah. you can take dogs there. So yeah, um, just. Really understand your dog's obedience level. Um, be prepared if your dog's less obedient, you're gonna have to leave them on a leash more because you can't. You have a finite amount of energy and resources, and you don't want to chase a dog off trail that's not gonna listen to you. But if your dog comes when it's called, you know, sure, wherever you want to go, and especially in national forest, it's a great time. Lily's off leash in national forest almost the entire time, unless we come across other hikers and stuff. But she's very good about being coming when she's called and. Clipping into the leash and making sure but, that it's, it's going to work out okay. Yeah, another point of, you know, where can I take my dog camping? Um, again, in the article, it really talks about more of, you know, 
Your dog's paws are kind of like y'all's feet. Um, you really need to take something that's easy on your dog's paws and are able to, you know, make it through the height. Something, sh something shady, something with, you know, just something that's going to be easy on your dog. Because just like us, you know, they don't, they don't wear shoes um, unless you want to have booties, which is another... Another thing you gotta prepare for, cause they have to get comfortable with yeah, your booties. Yeah, don't don't just expect your dog to be cold wearing booties but on yeah. ten miles if they've never worn them before. But yeah, I, yeah. but I guess the point I'm trying to make is don't take your dog on a rocky shale kind of trail when their feet aren't ready for it, cause it really messes up your dog's feet and yeah. So moving on, how to prepare your dog for camping or hiking? Um, I got a couple of things to say about that. Um, small hikes ahead of time. That's a good point in the article. Yeah. Uh, you should already really be taking your dogs on a walk pretty regularly. Um, you know, us dog owners, we do what we can, sometimes less often. You know, maybe you're not hike walking as often as you should, but especially if you're uh, going on a big, long hike for at least a month beforehand, take them on a daily walk, especially if you're going to expect them to carry a pack. Put that pack on there, take them for a walk. Um, and, and make sure they adjust to, to just keeping with the pace. Uh, many, many, many dog breeds will just stay with you as long as you're hiking, they're going to be hiking, but you know you don't want to have them just, you don't want an extra 60 pounds to have to carry uh, on the trail. So, yeah. yeah. Any thoughts on that, guys? Uh, I, every day, I take Bailey out on a walk with his backpack weighted down with water and rocks. Just gets him stronger, gets him used to carrying the pack, and uh, I also, when I first got him, five days after that, Mason and I went to Pikes Peak, Colorado, and I put him through a trial by fire and made him hike up that with the backpack, and he did fine. So if you got a strong dog that loves you and will follow you, it'll yeah. probably do well. Just don't push it too hard. Yeah, I mean, you, it's pretty much common sense, I think, what animal cruelty is. You know, like, if yeah. you if, if your dog collapses... And you're you're dragging them from by a leash. Don't do that. Um, but you know if you have to pitch camp early because your dog can't make it, that's what you got to do. Uh, but if you th it's I don't think it's a bad idea to do what you did, Jack. I mean I think that's a that's a great it was a great way it worked out really well. Bailey Bailey found his heart and he uh, and he pulled through it. Excellent. And Much he bonded better, to yeah. me. Yeah, and it really it brings you guys together a lot. It forms a really great bond. I think. Um, so moving on, rules and proper trail etiquette for hiking with a dog. This is actually a really important one, I think. Yeah. Um, so as far as etiquette goes, if you see another hiker, if you see another hiker, you should probably just go ahead and put your leash on the dog, regardless of situation, uh, regardless of natural forest, just because you never know what is going to happen as far as they may have you know, raw meat on them for some reason, and your dog could smell it and go go nuts. So just as far as etiquette goes, I think it's a good idea. At least at the very minimum, control your dog, heal them, make them walk beside you, and uh, and just don't bother other hikers with your dog. Your dog shouldn't be a burden to other people on the trail. I mean, in the article it says that y'all should yield to hikers. Step off yeah. the trail, have your dog sit to where they're easy control. So just in case stuff does hit the fan, at least you have control of your dog. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's the etiquette that I follow. But I mean, yeah. I mean, besides the other etiquette, that, you know, what it talks about in the article, it just talks about picking up your dog's poop, too, because it can disturb, yeah. you know, the environment, because, you know, a lot of animals go by scent, and a dog's right. scent can cause distress in the ecosystem. Well, one thing, too, that we experienced on Pikes Peak, 
horses will often share the trail with you. Um, dogs can spook horses, horses can kill dogs, or horses can throw their riders. So definitely, if you see horses or think there might be horses on the trail, keep your dogs close and under control. Yeah. Uh, okay, so moving on, what was the next one? Uh, the most common dangers and threats to dogs while hiking. I'll let you lead off on this one, dude. Uh, my personal experience, snakes. Bailey stepped on a copperhead yesterday in the park. He jumped over water moccasins and rattlesnakes. Uh, and most of the time, a dog's never had an experience with a snake, and then if it does, it gets bit, and it can die. So they don't really learn, they don't really understand. Some dogs are smart and kind of have an innate knowledge that snakes are bad, Bailey's not blessed with that intelligence. <laughs> Bailey's not blessed with a lot of intelligence. <laughs> <laughs> Bailey, we love Bailey, though. He's a good guy. He's a good dog. Um, yeah, as far as threats go, snakes... Uh, also, if your dog, like mine, tends to just eat random things on the ground, bark and trees and leaves oh, yeah. and stuff, really keep an eye on what they're eating. I would just say, as a general rule, try to keep them from eating any sort of foliage on the trail, just because you never know what's going to be poisonous or have thorns in it, and you don't want to deal with that. Again, for back to the resources, you just don't have the resources to deal with a sick dog. It's it gets kind of tough. Yeah. Um, wildlife, it's generally not an issue. Not saying it's never an issue, um, but humans are loud, scary creatures that will scare away most most black bears, most cougars. Uh, most predators and most most dogs that are seventy pounds, you really only got to worry about bigger animals like that. A coyote not gonna not gonna bother them. A fox not gonna bother them. Yeah, they're and, and oh, I don't know what I was gonna say. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah. So just that as far as threats go, that's that's pretty much it. Um, let's move on to. Um, packing list. Alright, so packing for a dog. Uh, I think Jack and I have, have let our dogs carry their own food and water uh, for the most part. You might want to bring a little extra in your own pack if, because they're, you know, they're just not going to be able to carry as much as you. Um, but for the most part, I let my dogs carry their own food and water. Your first aid kit, same as a regular first aid kit. Anything you, that you can treat a human with, uh, other than medication. Um, I'm not going to give any recommendations as far as what medications to give because that... I I don't want to be liable for you overdosing your dog on Benadryl. So, <laughs> so yeah, don't don't just medications. Research yourself, make your own decisions on that. But gauze, first aid ointment, a pair of tweezers to pull out thorns, and just something to patch up a pog. Moleskin is very good. If you get a piece of moleskin and your dog tears a, a pad, you can put that over it, and it'll keep them up and going for the rest of the hike. Um, if it's cold, bring a blanket. If your dog doesn't get a lot of work on its pads and its pads are pretty soft consider bringing booties but if you can also negate the need for booties if you walk your dog a lot or you run your dog a lot and it really builds up nice callus on its pads and it can usually handle almost any hiking trail you bring it on yeah yep so uh i think that's about it yeah that's about it the rest of the article goes into making your own booties and stuff and quite frankly we don't have time to talk about that uh -huh. so you can read it if you want um but does anybody else have anything they want to say sean we're very excited to have emma here uh we'll we'll be reporting on uh emma how she hikes fairly soon i imagine we'll take a trip sometime soon we'll get back into it and we'll report on it um Alright, so this is the Mountain Goat Gang Podcast. This land is your land, this land is my land. Let's keep it that way. Y'all have a good one. This is the Mountain Goat Gang.